Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Blackhawks Live. That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio. Now the break, it takes the puck away to Strom, the came to slam the net, Strom, he shoots, he scores! Time to talk hockey. I, mean, yeah, I thought he played really well, you know, made some big saves, did that his last start too, so. Time to talk Hawks. I think we're just trying to stick together as a team and, and hopefully build for next year. It's time for Blackhawks Live. On to Caleb Jones, walks in and shoots, a bad save, made. rebound, spills out, Strom shoots, he scores! Here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. Hello! Chicago. It's go time. Yes, a wide variety of Dylan Strom highlights because number 17 will be our guest on this week's Blackhawks Live and only two more Blackhawks Live left on 720 WGN. I'm Joe Brand and we're joined by the the triple crown winner of Chicago media coverage. Chris Bowden has been covering Bears today, White Sox, and he just figured he'd polish off his day with uh, some Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN Radio. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't squeeze in the Bulls practice earlier today. and uh, little, Cubs are little on the too, road. A little too tight to take the flight down to Atlanta and, and throw that in the mix as well, but... Uh, yeah, three different sports, and uh, here we are. And 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 the sun is out. It Joe. is the it sun is. is out here as we begin. When so many times during this long <laughs> season of Blackhawks Live, it's been pure darkness. And that's what us. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when you come towards the home. Meteorological strength. darkness is. What they, I'm they, thank you for clearing that up. Um, yeah, so just uh, two more shows left here, and uh, we've been uh, very grateful of all the help from the Blackhawks, from WGN Radio, from our producer Curtis Koch, of uh, everyone who's helped out, us out along this year, Ernie Scatton for putting together these opens. But uh, with two games left in the regular season, Vegas at home tomorrow night, the Hawks will f- uh, conclude their regular season in Buffalo on Friday. There was some talking points at the UC for a practice that was hardly even a practice, I think the team was there because it was team photo day too. Mm. Um, but Patrick Kane spoke with the media. All the injured guys: Mackenzie Entwistle, Kirby Doc, Jujar Kara, Connor Murphy, all out on the ice today, getting in some uh, reps. With uh, there were a couple people: Chris Kunitz, there was Jimmy Wade, as Colin Dealey was out there. So definitely good to see them back on the ice. Now there's no certainty whatsoever if. Any of those guys will be back on the ice for a game of the final two left, but it is good to see them closing things out, hopefully on uh, the high note, because as of right now, it's it's almost like there's no point to risk anything and uh, kind of falter your your summer, possibly, for next season. And it could be something as they head into the offseason. Grant, they all, every, every player takes physicals, but if these guys have not been on the ice very frequently of late and they are able to get on the ice, this could be part of the evaluation process of where they are as they head into the offseason and um, you know uh, how much more work would need to be done from a uh, hockey standpoint in in terms of their physical state. So uh, that may may have been part of the process of having just those four guys out on the ice uh, today. And um, there's still a little bit of business to take care of. 
uh, Vegas tomorrow night in the home finale, and then off to, as you said, to Buffalo, Patrick Kane's uh, annual trip to Buffalo, which has been postponed True. Uh, here for the better part of the last couple of years. Uh, he finishes off over there. But, uh, yeah, he had some interesting things to say a little bit earlier when he was visiting with you guys. And um, who knows, perhaps this may be the last time we get the chance to talk to him uh, before heading into the offseason. There was a whole lot of talk about the future with Patrick Kane. And let's get right into some of the quotes that he had to say, because Patrick Kane was pretty clear that he thinks there are still useful pieces on this roster, even though this organization has declared a rebuild. And he even thinks that if you're in a rebuild, that doesn't totally equate to tanking. He thinks you can win during a rebuild. I think there's teams that have accelerated that too, right? Like you look at LA, had some young guys that probably came in and uh, maybe exceeded some of their maybe front office expectations and all of a sudden they're in a spot where they can sign guys like Dano and trade for Arvidsson and they're a better team. Same thing with the Rangers, right? It was like they put out that memo a couple years ago that they were rebuilding and then all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in the league a couple couple years later, right? You know, obviously, that, you know, you bring in a guy like Panarin and that helps, but or a guy like Shesterkin, right? Like he, he comes to the forefront and you need those young guys to obviously take next steps, but I think it can be done, you know, quicker than maybe some people think. Patrick Kane is very tuned into the entire league, so it's it's cool to hear him just kind of ream off a couple of teams and a couple of uh, players that he thinks the Blackhawks could idolize their future off of. And you know, this isn't just pumping the tires of the Blackhawks and positivity for next year. This is Patrick Kane's actual thoughts, and Patrick Kane, the, the best player on your team, is saying these things. That's got to be a good sign for a team, even heading into a rebuild. And I also think. You know, heading into this year, this was a team with playoff aspirations. They kind of took a U-turn during the offseason, improved the roster, uh, a quick uh, quick fix almost, if you will, with some of the acquisitions that had happened. Obviously, things didn't work out that way, but there's no reason why some of those things, not everything, but some of those things can't carry over into next year. Yeah, I think the main difference, you know, uh, the way the uh, L.A. has done their rebuild in particular is, is they had their share of high draft picks for a couple of years. And those high draft picks have have come to fruition, not every single one of them, but they have only taken a, a couple of years for those picks to earn their way up to the NHL level. And they've still kept that mix with the Kopitars and the Dustin Browns and the Drew Doughty's before he got injured. Jonathan Quick, a part of the mix there. So there is that that veteran presence, and it looks like they are going to make the playoffs uh, this year. A couple of things have to happen, but they could clinch as soon as tonight. Um, so, so credit to them for digging down deep. I think there has been more of a bit of luck on the Rangers' part mm-hmm. because they also came out and said, "All right, this is this is going to be some deep digging." But they also had their share of, of some high draft picks. Some may argue that they got the number one overall pick a couple of years ago because they were New York. The old Patrick Ewing conspiracy right. theory uh, back in the uh, the eighties with the Knicks, but um, they've had a lot of things go right. So. Uh, those are the two franchises. What Patrick says, are uh, everything Patrick says uh, in that soundbite is true. But by by the same token, they have had those dominoes roll exactly like you would in you know hope and envision in order to turn this thing a lot more quickly around. I'm not saying that can't happen with the Blackhawks, but um, they're going to need some guys to you know uh, especially step up, if, especially if if Kyle Davidson, you know, as he heads into this offseason, has to make some uh, tough decisions on. You know, guys who have been here for a couple of years, but you may not necessarily see them 
with a much higher ceiling. How does he feel about a Dominic Kubalik? How does he feel about a couple of other guys, Philip Khrushchev? Um, you, you know, and if that's the case, if he has X amount of guys on this current roster moving on, there's going to have to be some guys filling in. And and what kind of quality player are you going to use to fill in if if there are you know a certain number of exits? And are there enough guys in the pipeline who are ready to make that step up next season? There are so many decisions, and one of them being the guy that we're going to talk to a little bit later on in Dylan mm-hmm. Strom with an upcoming... A lot of defensemen they have to make decisions on, too. Yeah, and, and but the defense is deep this year, which is, or at this point, which is something that the Blackhawks haven't had in quite some time, at least for the direction that they would like to go to. Uh, and again, this isn't a segment to say, hey, even though the Hawks are in a rebuild, they could be really good next year. Sure, maybe it could happen. I, I wouldn't say hold your breath on it, but it's nice to hear Patrick Kane pull out the positives from this season possibly see them carrying over into next year. And again, if your best player on the team has that mentality, I don't think it's entirely delusional uh, for him to think that way. The other thing is Patrick Kane is going to be a guy that's going to influence a lot of the younger guys on this team. And uh, this is something else that he had to say about, you know, for as good as Patrick Kane has been this year, he still thinks he can be better. He always thinks he can be better on the ice because that's the kind of standard that he's put on himself. But in other aspects, in terms of helping younger players evolve and grow, and he goes on to say something about Alex Dabrinkit as well, so I want you to listen to all of this. But here's something that Patrick Kane had to say about helping the younger players on this Blackhawks organization. As a player, you're always trying to you know, personally improve yourself and, and try to get better every day. And I think that's something that um, you know, I feel I can be even better at, is you know, trying to help these guys develop a little bit quicker, point some things out on the ice that um, are just little little details that might uh, help our team, especially when they're, they're in the back of your mind and you can know that certain things are going to happen out there. But I think another thing is like develop some chemistry with the Brinkat over the years and it's like if if he's here and if he's a big piece then that makes it easier for me to right because I'm playing with him every day and he's such a good player and it makes it fun to be out there with him so as frustrating as this year has been what has been the main attraction Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit and and Dylan Strome for that matter but for the most part Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit that chemistry is there, that excitement to play with him is there, and I think younger players will see that. Hey, we might not be winning, but it's really fun to play on this team with a future Hall of Famer and a two-time 40 goal scorer that are doing some very phenomenal things out on the ice. That just pumps energy, pumps positivity out onto the ice, which could come in real value in a season that might not be as profitable as you would think it would be. I think that's important next year, too, because Alex Dabrinkit's going to be here next year. Uh, Patrick Kane's a different story. I think I, I would bet that, yes, he will be here next year. He will uh, be part of this rebuild for the time being. And that is something that the younger players can look forward to, regardless of what state the team's in. Yeah, and we'd all love to be a fly on the wall in these meet- in these in these postseason meetings between general manager and player, especially certain players that we're talking about, because there are some tough decisions to make, as we've mentioned earlier, you know, in weeks past on this show, especially with uh, Patrick Kane, who's going to be 34 in November, especially with with Jonathan Taves, and you know how Kyle envisions uh, Patrick's role here moving forward with one year. To go on his contract, um, you know how how blunt will he be? With would he listen to offers if if another team comes along? Let's say Colorado falls on its face and 
uh, and can't get out of the second round or whatever uh, this year. Right. Um, I, I don't know what their their assets are, and, and granted, they would be picking low in the first round. Um, if another team that feels it's it's a you know a player or two away once this whole Stanley Cup playoff uh, ends up playing out. How high would, uh, how high of an interest would there be in bringing someone of the talent and the pedi- Stanley Cup pedigree of Patrick Kane in? And at what cost would, uh, uh, Kyle Davidson put the price tag on that? Um, so, uh, again, it'll be a fascinating offseason. Um, I- I'm sure all, all those conversations remain private between player and general manager, but I would imagine uh, Kyle has to do a certain job and has to be pretty straightforward and blunt in terms of, okay, I want you around for this if you're willing to do it. Mm-hmm. It might take a while, might take a couple of years, and by the time you know we may be contending again, you could be looking at 37, 38 years old, and we don't know what type of player you're going to be, uh, nor do you. So um, how heavily are you invested in this, or do you want one more piece, one more bite out of that apple, even though you might not be wearing a Blackhawk sweater? You'll always be a Blackhawk for all you've accomplished here, but um, you know, if I'm blown away by an offer that might interest me, um, how interested would you to be uh, you be in having a, a better shot at that bite of the apple here as your career starts to wind down? Patrick Kane matched his career high in assists last night with number 66, but he does think that maybe he was still a little bit limited this year. We'll hear more on that when we come back. We've got Dylan Strom later on. You're listening to Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN happy with you know the way i was able to get myself ready pretty much for every game but it was uh i give the definitely the the training staff a lot of credit for that but it was like probably not where i needed it to be you know there's certain things on the ice that maybe you feel limited with and uh just try to correct that before next year so again patrick kane has a very very high standard for himself And apparently with 92 points this year, he's eight away from 100. Probably unlikely that he will get to 100 for the third time in his career. But he does have 66 assists this year, which ties his career high Mm -hmm. with uh, the 2018-2019 season. But apparently still felt a little bit limited this year. Wouldn't go into great detail of what. And we had heard this conversation last year as well, maybe towards the end of it, because he was... Off to a great start at the beginning of last season. Heart Trophy conversations. That started to dive down. And then this year, I mean, he's been pretty solid all year. There was that stretch of him not scoring goals, but he was still assisting. And uh, But again, in his words, still a little bit limited this year. That's all part of this equation moving forward, too. True. In, in, with with uh, what, what you do. And, and the production has remained top-notch for whatever it is. You know, he's been uh, battling through. The production has remained top-notch. But again... 33 years old, 34 in November. Um, he is the type of, of player you, you envision uh, because of his style of play, because of his his um, slipperiness, his awareness, uh, at least to this point in his career, where you know he hasn't suffered any major injury, save for that for that one uh, shoulder separation back in, in 2015. Um, he's been able to stay away from that. But if these nagging things start stretching into the point where they're continuing, or something new should happen to pop up, and then it starts affecting his production. You know, that's I think that's all part of this conversation that he has with with Kyle Davidson sometime after Friday too. He 
pretty much put aside any conversations about it being something of surgical matter, just things that he can possibly and hopefully fine-tune over the summer. Uh, Let's get into the future of this team, and and let's start with Lucas Reichel, who recently was recognized for all of his accomplishments down in Rockford. As their season continues, and their postseason will continue, we, we talked about it before, Lucas Reichel's play did not translate right away to the NHL, but I don't think anyone is really that surprised by it. He's a young kid, he's a small kid, and uh, it's a totally different game. The good news is when he's gone back down to the AHL, he's picked the game right back up. Mm -hmm. 53 points in 53 games. That's a rookie record for the Rockford franchise now. He passes Vinny Hinestroza, and now he's three goals away from 24 total, which would be a franchise record, and uh, closing in on assists as well. So, more just good numbers, good news for Lucas Reichel. He also said he's going to live here over the summer, uh, bulk up, work with the Blackhawks training staff. So that should definitely help out in that regard and, and hopefully just uh, really start coming into his NHL self that can be a mainstay for this organization. Yeah, and with all the questions that we have heading into uh, this offseason and next year as to who is going to be here and who is it, I think it's... Uh, that's as much a slam dunk as anything. It, uh, Lucas Reichel will be with this team probably from the get-go uh, next year and throwing him out in the fire. It's time to see what the kid can do. Um, might he run into the uh, occasional wall here and there during the course of the NHL season and how you handle that? Uh, will be a bridge that they'll have to cross at the time, but with the way he has been able to produce. And, you know, uh, three more games to go this final week of the regular season for the Ice Hogs. Let's see if he can raise some of those numbers and then hopefully an extended playoff experience. I know we'll probably have Joey Z on next week heading into the Ice Hogs uh, playoff season, but... Um, you know, uh, I think if they finish fourth, they'd have to go into a best of three first round series. And that, but if they finish second or third, they would advance directly into uh, the division semifinal. So there's still an opportunity they can leapfrog over Milwaukee, whom they play on Friday night on the road to get that third spot. But hopefully they can win a series or two because uh, I think that would go a long way just uh, with his acclimation to the North American game and playing at a little bit higher stakes against better competition. Reichel three goals away from 24. That record held by Matthew Highmore from the 2017-2018 season. Last time they made the playoffs, too. Rockford? Yeah. Oh, okay. Rockford's record books. Under uh, Jeremy Colleton. Oh, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And then five assists away from 37, the Adam Clendenning era, 12th Mm. and uh, 13th season. Uh, But yeah, obviously a fantastic opening year for Lucas Reichel. You were talking about him joining the Hawks at the beginning of next year. There was some talk about that happening this year. Right. I mean, not not for the long haul, but uh, he, he was playing in a couple of preseason games. And I, I honestly, personally, did really like how the Blackhawks approached it with him. Again, there's, there's a conversation to be had about whether it's worth it to have him burn his 10 games for to burn that entry-level year of his contract. But for the financial state of the Hawks for the upcoming, the short-term future, I don't think it's going to be handcuffing them too much. And uh, the most important thing is you get some confidence instilled in Lucas Reichel, but also show him what he needs to do in order to really succeed at the NHL level. And uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, again, a mainstay for this Hawks organization as we're going to have Dylan Strom coming up shortly. He'll be on with us after the 
7.30 News. I'm excited to talk to Dylan Strom. Anything in particular that you're interested in talking to Dylan Strom about? Oh, well, yeah. Well, I think my first question, well, first of all, the Masterson nomination. True. Good on, good on him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I want to get his thoughts on how this season ha- has gone for him. I'm just going to maybe just tee him up and say, go. <laughs> see what he has to say about that. All right, Dylan Strom after the news. You're listening to Blackhawks Live 720 WGN. Kane to Debrinket, now to Jones. The Strom, he says he scores! A career high for Dylan Strom! A tape to tape to tape to tape pass. And Strom buries it for his 21st goal on the season. And as I said, that's a career high. It's now 4-2 in favor of the Hawks. That was a career high for Dylan Strom, and that's a lot of tape. To tape. To tape. To tape. From our own John Weideman. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand, and we're pleased to bring in Dylan Strom from the Blackhawks here on Blackhawks Live. Dylan, thank you very much for joining us. We didn't carve too much into your Tuesday night tonight, did we? No, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. So, with that call, I mean, 21 goals on the season. Clearly, you are a confident guy, but the way this season started... Would you believe me if I told you about a month in that you would end up hitting a career high in goals this year? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I think it's funny how how hockey seasons work sometimes. I mean, um, the year I got 20 goals, the year I got traded here, I think you could ask me the same thing in in November and even almost early December, and I would have probably told you that you're crazy. So, um, you know, and then you go into the uh, last year, per se, when I was, you know, kind of labeled as the, the first line center there when Taze wasn't going to play and, and uh, Kirby was hurt. And you saw how last year went. So um, I think that's just uh, the way hockey goes sometimes. And, you know, I'm happy to uh, happy to be at this point at the season now. Yeah, it has it has been a roller coaster. Even within this season, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. But congratulations on, on reaching a, a new career high. And, and overall, uh, how through your eyes, uh, how do you describe your season in your own words? Reaching this, you know, career high twenty one goals, but ne- nevertheless, it's been a little bit of a journey once again in order to come to this place. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that's a good way to describe it is a, is a journey. Um, I know I kind of said at the beginning of the year, even in training camp, that it's a it's a long season and lots of things happen. So, um, like like I said earlier, I'm happy to be at this point where I'm at now, and um, a couple couple games left here to, to finish off strong. And um, you know, it's been a wild ride, but uh, you know, got some great teammates, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be in the position I'm in. So, I'm just trying to take advantage of it. You were just talking about a hockey season being so uncertain. I mean, you're heading into this offseason in RFA, but with all of that experience of overcoming the uncertainty and finding success, how much more prepared do you feel as a hockey player, as you know, as a, a guy that uh, goes over contracts? I mean, how much more prepared do you feel at heart now going into the uncertainty? I think uh, a lot for sure. Um, I would say going into my last contract season, which was two years ago, I think I was, you know, overthinking it a lot on, you know, what I might make or, you know, how many points I needed for this or goals for that or blah, blah, blah. So I think, um, you know, going into this season, I, it wasn't really on my mind as much as it was, you know, in the previous time. So just kind of going in and, and knowing it's a long season and lots can happen and, um, you know, there's lots of games to be played and things change so fast, you know, whether it's trades or coaching changes or line changes or healthy scratch in and out. So, um, so much can happen throughout the course of a season that I, I was trying not to focus on it as much. Um, I'd be lying if I said it didn't creep into my mind in the last, you know, a little bit we're here where, 
you know, things are going pretty well, but I think that's just, you know, human nature and, um, you know, trying to take a day at a time and, and like I said, finish off the season strong. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm excited to, for, for where I'm at in the season. I'm assuming that uh, the, the tact has been with, with Kyle and, and either you or your agent, uh, things will, will get to that after Friday, sometime after Friday. And uh, if that's correct, that being said, what are your thoughts um, if there is you know, significant interest in, in signing you to extension, keeping you around? What is your interest level in being part of, as they phrase it, what could be a... Uh, very time and perhaps you know for you personally career consuming gradual rebuild uh, of this team um, how how would that sit with you if yes they want you to be a part but this may be uh, this may take a, a little while this could be a a fairly long process yeah I think um, I think kind of it can kind of go both ways I think um, you know with with what people are saying about our team next year um, you know, I think people were kind of saying the same thing last year, and I think we kind of opened some eyes last year and, and what they were calling a rebuild then. So, um, you know, I don't think we're, we should be too quick to, you know, kind of write, you know, write everything off for next year. I think we still got a lot of good players and a lot of good pieces coming back. And, uh, you know, I think with another year of, uh, you know, guys getting a year older and getting, you know, some of the younger guys getting, you know, a year better and, and things like that, I think, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm sure our mindset coming in next year is going to be we can surprise a lot of people. And I think that's, that's going to have to be the mindset. And, um, you know, of course, you know, I, I love here in Chicago. And, you know, if, if they see me part of the long-term future, then, I, you know, I'd be happy to, uh, you know, happy to help along the way. But I, I think it's going to be more than, um, you know, just helping along the way. I think it's going to be, you know, a, a team that can that can, can make some noise next year and, and something that I think, you know, people are kind of, uh, you know, taking lightly so far. I think, um, you know, like I said, we're going to have some, some pieces come back and some pieces that are going to be, be here for, you know, uh, for, you know, longer than a year that, that's been so far. And a couple younger guys that are, um, you know, going to find their way with the Blackhawks. And I think, uh, I think there's a lot of optimism to look forward to, like I said, if I'm here next year. Let's talk about your line for a little bit. Uh, Alex Debrinkit, before he scored his 40th goal, Patrick Kane was expressing how important it was for them as a team to help get the cat to 40 goals. What does that say about the selflessness of your guys' line? Because this, this is kind of the mentality that you were preaching when you weren't getting into the lineup, when you were on the fourth line at the beginning of the year. Everyone was talking about how great you were taking it. And I feel like now you're kind of being rewarded in that regard. But that is also because of, of of how well Alex DeBrinket and Patrick Kane just kind of look out for their teammates and their buddies. In other words, there are worse things in playing with Alex DeBrinket and Patrick Kane, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, there are definitely worse things than that for sure. Um, no, I, I I feel that you know our, our team is you know a pretty a pretty close knit group, and I think whenever guys you know aren't in the lineup or aren't playing well or or whatever it may be, you know I think guys especially on this team, you know, prior teams that I've been on where guys are, are lifting each other up and are really happy when other players do well. And I think that's kind of exactly what you guys are saying where, um, you know, Al- Patrick is, is very, obviously very happy for Alex when he, when he gets that milestone. But I think the whole team was too. I think um, that's an accomplishment that, uh, you know, not many guys hit and for, for Alex to hit it twice um, in a career. And I'm sure he would have hit it last year too, you know, with I think 26 less games and he already had 32. So, um, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting Alex gets eight goals in the last 26 games. If there was that last year, but um, nonetheless, I think it's it's still uh, you know a, 
a spectacular feat for, for a guy that works very hard and, and well-deserving. And I think, like you said, uh, everyone on our team is, is very happy for him and, and the stuff that he can do, uh, you know, on the ice and, and you know, with lots more milestones hopefully to come. I think um, it's obviously, a, you know, a very positive positive thing for him. And um, just to add on to our line, I think we've been, a, you know, a fun line to be a part of for sure. And I know um, we've been creating lots of chances, but I think, uh, another thing with our line is we haven't been on for, for too many chances against and too many goals against, which is obviously a positive in, in both regards. And um, I think that's something that we can take into the next year where we can be relied upon, um, you know, to, to not give up a goal. You know, sometimes we're, we're out there with the goalie pulled, you know, on, on both ways. And I think that's a credit to, you know, the way we've been, we've been playing away from the puck and, and something that we can really build towards. One of the uh, kind of subtle improvements here over the last couple of months of the season has been uh, with a team overall, which you have been a part of, is improvement in the, in the faceoff dot. Thirteen of the last fourteen games, uh, you guys have had you know fifty one percent win rate or better, and your personal faceoff percentage. I know earlier in the career you were you were pretty well above fifty percent, and then for whatever reason it you know it slipped down to the forty four forty seven for a couple of seasons. Now you're back up above fifty percent. What is the what is the explanation to that? Is there more tricks to the trade, just knowing the league a little bit better, knowing the officials a little bit better? And, um, yeah, how much, how much does it, does it, of a charge does that give you, knowing that, you know, you went through some struggles, uh, as far as that particular statistic is concerned, uh, but now you seem to have found it again? Well, I think when anything, um, first of all, with anything with that, it's, uh, you know, it helps a lot when you have a guy like Jonathan Taves on your team um, to boost up your face-off numbers, uh, the teams-wise. I mean, you, you've seen, you know, in, in the last, I would say, you know, 10 to 15 years, it's been him and, him and Bergeron consistently at the top of the NHL ranks among face-offs. And uh, he's, he's shown that again this year. I mean, he, he hasn't lost, a, a, you know, anything in that regard. He's been unbelievable at, at winning face-offs. And every key face-off, you know, he's the guy that generally is taking it and, um, no, it's it's great to get to learn from a guy like that, and I think just anytime you get to practice against him every day, and you know, in morning skate and things like that, where you where you are practicing against such a guy, a guy that is so competitive and, and so good at faceoffs, it it kind of just makes you um, more competitive and, and better at them for sure. When you're when you're facing against the guy, and you know, maybe against uh, you know another guy in the league where you go. And if you just do eight faceoffs and you go three for eight, you know that, that, that's not very good. But when you go three for eight against Taves, you know you, you kind of get a little excited about that. You know, and he, he beats you in five out of eight. But you know you're, you're still doing pretty well when you only lose, you know, just under fifty percent against a guy like that. So um, anytime you have a you know a player of that caliber on your team and and the, the kind of everything he does for our team, it's it's uh, you know it's you can't even say enough words about um, what he means to our team. You know, night in and night out, on the ice and off the ice for sure. We're talking with Dylan Strom, and one more before we let you go, Dylan, but if you read the description of the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy, it's given to the NHL's player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to ice hockey. I mean, there is no better way to phrase your year with the Hawks this season than that sentence alone, but you're the Blackhawks nominee. What does that accolade mean to you? Yeah, when um, Mark Lazarus actually told me that uh, the day of the game in Arizona, I was um, you know pretty taken back. I think that's a you know a tremendous honor and something that I definitely don't take lightly. I think um, you know you see the past winners of of it and guys that have gone through so much and um, you know not not comparing myself to the guys that have you know uh, you know got, beaten a, a significant battle of any sort. But I think everyone has their own their own battles they're fighting and. Um, 
you know, to to get my name recognized with that is something that, like I said, I don't, definitely don't take lightly, and it's uh, you know, a tremendous accolade and one that I know my family is very proud of, and and I am too. So, um, you know, I definitely take that um, to heart, and and I really appreciate the the nomination. Well, you you should, and that's very cool. And Dylan, thank you so much for the time tonight. Thank, thank you for everything this year. You're a great quote from the media side. If no one's told you that, I'll tell you that. Um, no problem, no problem. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll a have, little more, but yeah, you know. we'll have you anytime. And also, Dylan, I just want to say, I, I feel like the entire city of Chicago is is kind of uh, also dealing with a broken heart hearing about your dog. It, it just a very unfortunate circumstance. When you were going through your struggles, you were talking about how much the dog was. A big help in your life and uh you know chicago's a, a place with a soft spot in their heart for animals especially for the dog owners out there i know so i hope you're doing all right with that and uh you and, and the entire family yeah i really appreciate that he was uh he was a good dog and uh you know i miss him every day for sure so um i really appreciate you guys saying that and i know um you know with how special it was you know the amount of people that have reached out it's it's been honestly um no uh, heartwarming. I, I don't think there's any other way to describe it. You know, he was a, a love dog, and especially someone named Wrigley in, in this type of city. He was, uh, you know, he was a good dog, and I, I miss him every day for sure. So, um, you know, that's that's where my uh, that's where my strength comes from, and uh, I'll never forget that. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dylan, again, thank you very much for the time, and best of luck in these final two games. Thank you. Thanks, Dylan. That is Dylan Strom. Big thanks to the Blackhawks and Dylan Strom for making that happen. Really wanted to get to talk to him this year, and uh, you know, pretty... got it in under the wire. Yeah, but you know what? A good time too because it's a great comeback story of this year, and uh, we'll get into more of that later. One more stop on Blackhawks Live, seven twenty WGN. No, Chris Bowden and I are not dancing in the dark because no. there's still some sunlight out there. It's all daylight. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> hey, I am. I... Summer. It's, you do baseball. And that's why that, I think that 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 kind of feeds into it. That's maybe. that that definitely feeds into it. I think everyone's a little bit more happy when the sun doesn't go down at five o'clock, four o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Um, well, the sun went down on the NHL except for the Blackhawks and the Philadelphia Flyers last night. They were the only game. So the Blackhawks on the national stage got a 3-1 victory. But now tonight, much different story. 13 games in action. Lots of playoff implications as well. And uh, maybe that'll be part of this final show. There'll be a lot of things to wrap up next Monday night. You know, talk Rockford. Talk about, uh, you know, a post-mortem. We'll probably hear from Kyle Davidson. But also we'll know what some of these matchups are. A lot of them are already in the books. And uh, with Vegas potentially facing elimination tonight and them coming here tomorrow, who knows what the Golden Knights will look like tomorrow night at the United Center. But hopefully the Blackhawks... Blackhawks can build a little bit of momentum off of last night, finish strong uh, with a home victory tomorrow night, and then uh, hit the road against a, a Buffalo team that they uh, need to extract a little revenge on to uh, finish off the season. And then, you know, hope, we'll hopefully hear from Kyle Davidson by the time we're back on the airwaves here next Monday. And if you are heading out to the game tomorrow, there will be a happy hour at the atrium. I mm. believe five to seven. That would sound about it's right. It's a happy two hours right there. <laughs> that is. Okay, I may be speaking out of turn. I know there's a happy hour, though. Check out Blackhawks.com because we unfortunately don't have enough time to give you the semantics of it. But uh, John and Troy were talking about it yesterday. Troy was saying he was going to swing by okay. on his way up to the booth. Um, that's going to do it for Blackhawks Live. We've got one more left next week. Again, Joey Z will help us preview the Rockford Icehawks playoff scheme. Big thanks to Dylan Strome. Big thanks to the Blackhawks. Big thanks to Curtis Koch, our producer. And for my partner, Chris Bowden, I'm Joe Brand. Again, the Hawks hosting Vegas tomorrow night, 7.30 puck drop, 7 o'clock pregame, and then wrapping up the regular season against Buffalo on Friday. David Jennings has the news next, 7.20 WGN.